0: Well, good afternoon, everyone. The H-1B Guy here, and today, the H-1B Guy Live, discussing if there's any second lottery updates, taking a look at the September Visa Bulletin and doing a quick preview around that, as well as taking your questions and comments. But before we get started, I'd like to ask you if you haven't already to please subscribe to the H1B Guy channel here on YouTube and like this video so that I can continue to produce more content like this for you. I also wanted to mention that H1B Guy offers a variety of consulting services. I help businesses and individuals solve complex work authorization issues in the recruitment process while bringing awareness to employment-based immigration benefits. If I can help you, please reach out. I'd love to hear how. And you can book an appointment directly with me via the h1bguide.com. Today's post is brought to you by Syndesis and Path to Canada, the ideal Plan B for high-skilled immigrants currently located in the U.S. whose status may be uncertain, by perm-ads.com, the industry leader in providing a seamless experience for employers and immigration attorneys Navigating the complex perm recruitment ad phase of the labor certification process and also by MobSquad. If you're a technology professional facing U.S. work visa related challenges, uh, don't leave your fate up to chance. Our partner MobSquad has a solution. Join the squad. Well, I want to thank everyone who has jumped in here this afternoon to join me on today's live stream. It's hard to believe that a month has gone by since my last live stream, which was back on the H1B guys' second anniversary, uh, and that was back on June the 29th, 2022. Uh, Unfortunately, July just seemed like a really short month. Um, Took a much-needed holiday with my family, um, as well as have just been extremely busy here um, in my consulting practice and in my day-to-day life. Uh, but I wanted to start out by just saying a huge thank you um, to everyone um, who's recently found the H1B Guy channel here on YouTube, found the H1B Guy podcast on Anchor. Uh, recently, the, the channel here on YouTube um, overcame a pretty significant milestone, and that is we crossed over 4,000 subscribers here on YouTube on the platform i'm really grateful for each and every one of your support and i just wanted to say a huge thank you i also wanted to say thank you to everyone who's taking the time to check out uh, my, my post on second h1b lottery for fiscal year 2023 which appears to most likely be the most watched video um currently here on the h1b guy channel uh, and also for those who have checked out my looking ahead to the october 2022 Visa Bulletin. Really just wanted to say a huge thank you for your continued support, uh, for your views, for your comments, for your likes, for your dislikes, uh, for everything in between. Just thank you so much for helping me continue to produce content like this uh, through your support, through your interaction, your engagement. I just really appreciate it. And I wanted to just take a minute here. Um, as we kick off this live stream to, uh, to talk about this. So thank you so much um, for, for all of your your ongoing and, and consistent support. So I wanted to start off today's stream with, with talking about what really is on a lot of folks' minds. Um, you know, the post that I put out on the, the second H1B lottery for fiscal year 2023, you know, th- those were dates that I've been talking about for the better part of three to four months now. Um, And that is very early on, you know, during a a few live streams, I I talked about the possibility of a second H-1B lottery being held sometime between July 25th through August, excuse me, July 22nd through August 5th. Um, So we're a week and a half now into that. And of course, from my understanding, there are receipt notices that are still yet not received. Um, If that is one of you, I'd love to hear from you, please drop me a line in the chat or reach out to me directly and let me know that you have an H-1B petition that was selected and filed uh, before the June 30th deadline and you've not received a receipt notice Uh, as we continue to kind of track through um, where we stand as as it looks at the adjudication and approvals. Um, of those cases that have already been received. you know, I know of several individuals that had their petition filed uh, mid to late June and have already received approvals. So it looks like USCIS is, is actively engaged in the approval process um, for those cases that were, were received from April 1st through, through June 30th. But if you have a case that was submitted and you've not received a receipt notice, I, I definitely would love to hear um, your situation. Uh, Of course, earlier in June, I covered um, the announcement from USCIS where they talked about transferring cases from the Vermont Service Center due to the backlog. Uh, So it looks like to me that, you know, they were working through those pretty diligently. Um, But for those of you who have checked out that video, you know, I I still believe I I still believe that there will be a second H-1B lottery held. I do. Um. You know that August fifth date, of course, is is uh, is coming up really quickly, right? That's um, you know really we're looking at nine ten days from from now. Um, if we go back and and look at the first time a second lottery was actually held, you know we look at at when those dates were right. We can we can go back and, and look at you know that first time that a second lottery was actually held was August fourteenth of 2020. Um, so, you know, my August 5th deadline is is before that. Uh, if we go back to last year, you know, July 28th they held a second lottery. Um, and then, you know, the that historic, right, the third lottery, which was held on November 19th of, of 2021. So I, I give you all of this information to say that I really appreciate, you know, your questions constantly asking me, do I think there's going to be a second lottery? Um, I do, but if we go back and look at that video, for those of you that have watched it and a lot of you that commented on it, you know, by my calculations, you know, I I think there's only going to be anywhere between eight to maybe 12,000 visas available. Of course, some of those will be in the advanced degree category. Some of those will be in the the regular, you know, foreign national bachelor's category. That's 65K. Um, so the percentages for those of you that were, you know, one of the three hundred thousand plus that that weren't selected, uh, are still very low. And and I you know I calculated odds to be somewhere around three percent. And I know a lot of you are very anxious to know, like, is this going to happen? And, and I'm still hearing that that the application rates. And this is the key. This is the key for if a second lottery is going to happen. I'm still hearing that application rates are still anticipated to be below 60%. And as I've talked about many times, you know, USCIS by selecting that 127,000 plus individual registrations uh, is saying that that they expect a 66% application rate. And a lot of you have asked me, well, what happens if the application rate is above Uh, the, the 85,000 that's allotted. And my answer has been, it'll be a first come first serve, right? So those applications registrations that those paper applications that were submitted um, between April 1st and June 30th, it'll be a first come first serve first received. Now that goes back to the confirmation of receipt, the receipt notices and some cases potentially being transferred and how that's tracked. Uh, you should be able to, to see your status in your, my USCIS account. So I advise you if you're, you're currently actively waiting, uh, for notification from either your employer or their immigration attorney, you can absolutely continue to monitor your, my S uh, my USCIS account now. My gut tells me that something is going to be happening in the next week to 10 days. I I still believe that. I could absolutely be wrong. Uh, But the basis for all of this is that I do believe there's going to be a second lottery. I'm basing this on historical dates over the last two years, July 28th, August 14th. And I've been on record for several months now saying that I do believe a second lottery will be held. And I do believe it'd be between July 22nd and August 5th um so you know i i don't really keep up with many other channels that that talk about this um in my conversations with other industry experts there's a lot of i don't know and i'm not sure but from a lot of what i've been hearing from my clients and from those that had individual names selected um that it, it appears to be that the application rate is 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 pretty low based on the number that was selected. And the cause for that goes back to 483 483,000 registrations, right? How many of those were duplications? How many of those were firms that were, you know, submitting a registration without an actual job, right? This is something that's been talked about a lot. Um, And and how to me, when when I've discussed this, while the electronic registration period in that portal um, has reduced the barrier to entry significantly, um, it's also created a situation where we're seeing a lot of duplications because the individual can have as many employers as are willing to pay that $10 non-refundable fee uh, for that individual registration to USCIS um that's why you're seeing this this inflated number um that's why you're seeing these very low application rates and as i've gone back to and said this is the one time where the individual actually has a choice Uh, and we look at it to say if an employer um has if an individual has two different employers uh selected which i know has happened i know several individuals that have had this happen um, they then have to go and tell that employer, yes, I want you to submit my, my application or, <clears throat> or they risk if multiple employers are submitting the application, then both are null and void, right? So you start to look at how many times is this going to occur? What does that mean for the available numbers? And it all kind of leads me back to this is why I continue to believe that, that there will be a second lottery held. Um, I think these next 10 days are going to be very interesting. And I, I just ask all of you because you're going to know before I do, uh, because your attorney or your employer may notify you. Um, I will continue to work my sources internally within USCIS um, and, and my contacts that I have that are very close to this matter uh, to, to try to get as much information as I can. But, but things seem to be very closed right now. Um, and I think it goes back to a lot of the processing backlogs. We look at what's happened in Vermont and, you know, the fact that they've had to transfer cases. Um, I know of some of you who have been waiting for your receipt notice. Um, but the best thing that I can tell you is if you have a tracking number, FedEx tracking number from your employer, your immigration attorney, and you still haven't received a receipt notice, as long as you know that that, that, that paper application was received uh, on or, uh, postmarked by June 30th, um, then you still have a probability here. But again, I, I don't want to sell hope. What I do want to tell you is that even if a second lottery does happen, the odds are extremely low. And I think a lot of you know that. But what this tells me is that the the demand, right? The demand um, and the desire of high skilled immigrants looking to come to the U.S. who may be outside of the U.S. Or those who came to the U.S. received an advanced degree and are on an OPT or a CPT and looking for sponsorship, um, the demand continues to remain at an all-time high, and we can simply look at the results uh, of the number of registrations received by USCIS. And as I've I've pontificated before, you know, ten dollars four hundred eighty three four hundred eighty three thousand. It's so a $4.83 million stream of revenue. Um, I, I think, honestly, what what has to change is either the barrier to entry needs to be increased. And I've talked about $100. I don't think that's enough. But I think when we get into maybe the $500 or the $1,000 non-refundable, uh, we want to talk about curbing these duplicate registrations. Um, we have to increase the barrier to entry, and that barrier to entry is that electronic registration, that non-refundable fee. So what do you think, for those of you out there watching? Do you think a second lottery is going to happen? Are you confident that um, your your application has been submitted? Are you still waiting to receive a receipt notice? Do you have a FedEx tracking number and it shows a postmark of, of June 30th and you still haven't heard anything? Uh, We're now, you know, four, almost four weeks removed from, from the 30th. So I'd love to hear from you uh, and, and love to get an update for those of you who are anxiously awaiting for those of you who weren't selected in that first round. Again, you know, I I anticipate anywhere between, you know, as I said, eight to to 10 to 12,000 possibly still available. We look at what those percentages would mean for maybe the advanced degree category, um, I would say we're probably looking at a 75 25 split on the the availability of the overall allocation. Um so, you know, what what does that mean in in terms of overall numbers? Well, just say if if we're going to base it on there's going to be 10,000 uh, visas available that still need to be allocated and and approved. Uh, you know, I'd say 2,000 of those would roughly be in the advanced degree. Um, that's, you know, about uh, what I think eighty twenty split eight thousand would be in, in the normal distribution pool of that that sixty five thousand. Wanted to ask you again if you haven't already to please like this video. Make sure you're subscribed to the H1B Guy channel here on YouTube. If you don't mind, uh, you know, click the bell for notifications so that you're notified anytime I post new content here to this channel or go live, like I have here today on July the twenty seventh, uh, a little after three PM Eastern. If you're looking for ways you can support the h one b Guy platform, you can do so currently through the Super Chat function here on YouTube. Um, if you're watching or listening to this at a later date, there is a Super Thanks function uh, feature that is available on YouTube. If you like this content, you want to see more of it, you want to help me continue to produce and upgrade the quality and content technology involved in producing um, you know, this type of, of immigration-related content surrounding the H-1B visa, surrounding the H-1B lottery, surrounding the green card backlog. Um, would love to to have your support. Um, Just really appreciate at the very minimum, if you just give this video a like. And I want to thank all of you who have taken time here this afternoon to jump in on this live stream. To those of you who are already asking questions, I definitely am going to do a roll through. Um, so I'll be getting to those. I've got a couple other things I wanted to cover um, before we do so. So I wanted to 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 switch gears here uh monday this coming up monday is august 1st 2022 so that means it's time uh, for the h1b guy forecast of course i am currently in the process and working on uh, my september 2022 visa bulletin predictions through that post Uh, but i wanted to give just a little sneak peek preview because a lot of you seem to enjoy this in, in terms of what i'm thinking and where I think the dates will advance, September is the last month for fiscal year 2022, as the government operates on an October 1st to September 30th fiscal year. Uh, same as is said for, for USCIS. Um, so when we look at the Department of State and their advancement of the dates, it really comes back to uh, you know, USCIS's overall number usage and, and what they're reporting. And I think one of the most interesting things that I took away from the post when I did the looking ahead to the October uh, 2022 visa bulletin uh, was the fact that through June 30th, um, no coincidence on the date, right? The H-1B lottery deadline, June 30th, 2022, uh, USCIS stated that they, along with the Department of State, have combined to use uh, 176,280. 81 employment-based immigrant visas and remain committed to taking every viable policy and procedural action to maximize their use of all of the available visas uh, by the end of the year. So what's interesting about this is we look at USCIS is very close to processing um, the total number of visas that that they processed all of, of fiscal year 2021. Uh, That number was close to one hundred eighty thousand. They most likely by the end of this month will have crossed over that number. So the question really becomes as this becomes an emphasis from USCIS as they continue to work through it. How far are these dates going to advance Um, when we look at September, when we start to look at October? But how many individual numbers will be used by USCIS before the end of the fiscal year? I think two hundred thousand is absolutely within reason at this point. Um, so it's very going to be very interesting to watch. We'll continue to look at the the reports, but I think wastage is imminent, and that's the that's the thing that hurts the most. I am reading that there is a possibility that there could be some more spillovers that will be allocated for fiscal year 2023. Um, So we'll continue to monitor that. I'm sure those numbers will be reported in the November Visa Bulletin. Um, Of course, that probably would come out sometime in mid-October. Uh, so we're still a few visa bulletins away from what the overall allocation is, but we may hear the Department of State or USCIS go on record and state that before. But most likely those numbers will be uh, made available, and made public in the November visa bulletin. Uh, I do expect you know, final action dates to continue to be used for the September bulletin. Uh, I expect when we get to October that'll switch to dates of filing and that would most likely continue um, in October, November, December timeframe uh, with USCIS accepting dates of filing over over final action dates. But right now, what I'm thinking when I look at um, you know the September visa bulletin and and what it means for uh, forward movement or maybe not any movement. I do think in EB two for India. I think at least the dates will get to January 2015. February still is in the realm of possibility. So again, we're looking at a 30 to 60 days of forward movement Um, for EB2 for final action dates for China. We did not see any forward movement after we saw a month or a little bit over a month of forward movement um, in the July bulletin. So I think, again, kind of looking at, at dates overall for China, April or May of 2019, uh, for final action, I, I think it's still in the realm of possibility. For dates of filing, when we look at the September visa bulletin, you know, this is the one that I'm really having the most difficult time with because um, I'm not sure if it'll move or if it does, maybe it's just a gradual move. Um, so I'm thinking January, February, March, which is kind of a 90-day window here um, when we we look at where that possibly could be. Uh, I think if it doesn't move, it'll hold tight at January. If we get just a month forward or if we get 60 days forward, that's where that February or March would come in. And again, for, for China, for EB2, for dates of filing, uh, you know, feeling like it either may hold for May or if it does move, it's just going to move a month. So most likely that that June, May or June of, of 2019. for uh eb3 final election days for india and just kind of looking through it you know we finally got some movement after almost a year of no movement retrogression and so uh, i think there's a possibility that it could stay as is i also think we could see maybe a month of forward movement and that meaning that these numbers and the way that they're processing them are are being counted against Uh, so again february march of, of 2012 uh for EB3 India final action dates uh, EB3 final action dates for China right now you know thinking again kind of in a hold um you know is what does that mean is that april uh, is that may of of uh, of 2018 um so still thinking if it holds you know we saw movement in in EB3 uh, final action dates for China if it holds, it'll be April. If we get another month of movement, that'd be May of 2018. Uh, and then for EB3, uh, for dates of filing for India, of course, you were know, we're sitting at February 22nd, uh, 2012. Uh, so I'm thinking that if it holds, again, February 2012, maybe a month movement, depending on those numbers of March 2012, or in totality, we could see, you know, EB3, final action, dates of filing mirror each other, which would be that February 22nd, no movement for dates of filing, final action, maybe jumps a couple weeks. Uh, and then the same for EB3, dates of filing for China. Uh, you know, we're sitting at May 2018 right now. I think June, if we see a month of forward movement, again, we saw movement uh, for the first time in almost a year for EB3 for dates of filing for China. So, You know, is there a possibility that we could see some uh, again in September just kind of inching those dates forward as USCIS and Department of State continue to process historically high numbers um, and looking at eclipsing that 200,000 plus fiscal year, um, you know, number usage, which is it would be a a historical number um, while it does leave wastage and, um, you know, lack of available number usage on the table. Um, at least, you know, the, the good news is that it's, it's bad that they're not using all the numbers. The good news is that we're over 200,000 for the first time. Um, at least since, since I've been keeping track of, of the overall number usage. Uh, so what do you guys think? Do you think, um, that we're going to see some movement in September? Um, do you think it'll be kind of a slower incremental movement, or do we expect a lot of what we already saw in in August? I'd love to hear from from you in the comments. Um, wanted to ask you again, if you haven't already, please like this video. Make sure you're subscribed to the H One B Guy channel here on YouTube. Click the bell for notifications so that you're notified anytime we post uh, new content here to this channel or go live, like we have here today on Wednesday, July the twenty seventh, two thousand and twenty two, a little after three p.m. Eastern. Uh, looking for ways to support the H1B Guy platform, you could do so currently through the super chat function here on YouTube. Or if you're watching or listening to this at a later date, uh, there is also a super thanks function. Other ways to help produce and support the H1B Guy um, channel here on YouTube and the platform as a whole uh, can be found in the links, to the video description below. Also, again, I want to thank our partners, uh, Syndesis and Path to Canada, perm ads, perm ads.com. Uh, as well as Mob Squad, links uh, to all of their service offerings can also be found in the video descriptions. Um, please, if you do sign up, let them know that you found them through me. Um, they, they definitely love tracking that and, and love to hear about all of that. Uh, so uh, thank you for everyone who um, you know, has taken time to register and sign up through our, our affiliate partners. Uh, really thankful for their continued support and and helping the H one B guide platform continue to grow um, and continue to expand. Um, you know our our reach and, and audience. Really appreciate all of you have taken time here this afternoon to jump in during this live stream. Uh, I definitely want to get to. There's a lot of questions. I'm going to do a rapid fire on them. Some of them are already answered, so I'll try to be cognizant of that. But I still want to bring them up. I do want to talk about an interesting um, email correspondence that I had and I had an individual reach out to me and was very interested in the H-1B visa reform act of 2004 and I think what's really interesting about this is you know this was borderline comprehensive immigration reform and you know there's been a lot of talk about uh, standalone uh, pieces of immigration legislation versus a true comprehensive immigration reform bill. Um, you know, I've been on record many times saying that I think a, a smaller standalone piece of legislation has a prior, a high, much higher probability of, of making its way through and, and becoming law. Um, you know, I've also gone on record and said that that amendments for you know fiscal year budgets that include immigration have a very high probability of failure. Um, but you have to take every shot that, that you can. And so the question that was really interesting to me, and, and I wanted to put this out there to all of you who may know this answer because I did not. And the question was, who was the initial sponsor of the H-1B Visa Reform Act of 2004, which was included um, in Title IX, okay, of the Consolidation Appropriations Act Of 2005 it was also known as the omnibus appropriations act of 2005. um you know i covered this way back when a long time ago in uh, the beginning of this channel um and and that was during the uh the history of the h1b visa part four Uh, and it was actually president george w bush who signed um, you know, this into law. And the interesting thing about uh, the the Consolidated Appropriations Act 2005 is that it actually established the, the H-1B lottery. And that, that first establishment was March 8, 2005, uh, through April, beginning of April. Um, and that also made H-1B visas valid starting on October 1st of 2005. Of course, this reduced the number of H-1B visas significantly from 195,000 to 65,000 overall. And it also created that advanced degree category, right? That additional 20,000. But I thought it was an interesting question. So I dove in really far to try to find an answer, which I was unable to. But what I was able to find is that it appears to me that a lot of the text that was included in the h Visa Reform Act of 2004 was language that was taken from a variety of other pieces of legislation. I'll list those off here um, because somebody may want to do the research and be able to, to identify the original sponsor. Um, but ultimately, what I was able to find is that Senators Hatch and Senators uh, Leahy, Um, had a lot of uh, uh, language uh, surrounding Immigration H-1B and L-1 that was previously introduced in the Senate Judiciary Committee. On the House side, uh, Representatives Hyde, Graves, and DeLoro um, could have also played some roles in the language that was included in that H-1B Visa Reform Act. Um, For those of you who are, are interested in kind of diving in further um, you know, those pieces of kind of standalone legislation were S 1452, H.R. 2849, um, H.R. 2235, H.R. 2688, uh, H.R. 3534, and H.R. 4166. On the L1 side, there was language that was included uh, from S 1452 and H.R. 2849, um, S 1635 and H.R. 2154, H.R. 2702, H.R. 4415, and H.R. 4166. So there's a little history there. Uh, You know, this, the interesting thing about this very large, you know, comprehensive uh, that was included in the Omnibus, right? The Consolidations Appropriations Act of 2005 um, is that it really kind of molded what the h1b visa is and how it exists currently um so we talk about that's 17 18 years ago um it's pretty interesting to see how long it's taken us to uh uh, to get to where you know we are currently in the present with the h1b lottery in its current form with with electronic registrations um, and where we stand um, as it relates to the overall allocation, you know, there's been no change in the overall H-1B allocations from that 65000 uh, and 20000 in the advanced degree category that were put into law by this consolidations, uh, Consolidated Appropriations Act of, of 2005. So just wanted to share a little bit of that information. I found that very interesting. Um but I do want to jump into uh, to your questions and comments. If if you have questions or comments, I'm going to go ahead and get the Q and A started. Um, so please feel free to uh, to post uh, those in the chat, and I'll do my best to, to kind of rapid fire through those. Hamantu um, asked, will the second H1B lottery happen again?" You know, as I've said, I think possibly by uh, August 5th, which is roughly 10 days from now. Um, but when we look at historically speaking, the first time that a second lottery was held was August 14th of 2020. Um, I think a lot of what's gonna hold this up is gonna be dependent upon the actual receipt notices being assigned out uh, and those overall approvals. Hey JCP, thanks for joining. Good to see you. Um, thanks for you know your consistent support through these live streams. EB2 priority date, Jan 5th, 2015. Thoughts on final action date? Current is September of 2022. Well, I think you probably heard me earlier, um, but I feel like January 1st is most likely what's going to happen. But I will leave the door open for February 1st being a possibility, Um, although I think the percentages are lower than than January. Um, But I think... Again, you know, kind of based on everything that I'm hearing, I I think if it's not September for you that I still think October has a very high probability. Um, I'm not buying into the rumors of retrogression for October at this point. I think if and when it happens, it may be at a later date in the fiscal year. Um, So yeah, I I think you've got, you have odds because you need February 1st versus January 1st. I think you're close. I'm hopeful for you in the next couple months. Um, again, you know, I, I still believe it's going to happen uh, from everything I'm hearing. Um, you know, Srini is that for the second lottery, I'm hearing that, you know, application rates um, are hovering at or just below 60%. And that's going to be, you know, ultimately the the differentiator on whether a second lottery happens or not. Hey, um, how are you? Does the master's cap apply in case there is a second lottery? Yeah. I mean, again, they're going to pull from the percentages, right? Because it's two different pools. So it really comes down to if every of the 20,000 has been receded and approved, um, then they won't pull from that that pool. It would just be from from the 65,000 or whatever's remaining in that. Um, I hope that makes sense. Yeah, do global layoffs increase the chances of the second lottery, right? I mean, I I would say yes, absolutely. Um, We look at the news of all these rescinded uh, offers, all the cutbacks that are occurring in tech, big, small startup VC. You have to think that some of those are possibly H-1B visas. Some of those uh, were maybe decided when a lot of the rumors were occurring in May and June of, of the cuts, and we've seen that continue through July. Um, that they just decided not to file those applications. One, cost, and two, maybe no longer have the need for the role. Excuse me. Um, so, yeah, I think that global layoffs could absolutely increase your chances. But what chances is it increasing? Well, what it, it's increasing is that ultimately it's reducing the overall application rates. But even if so, even if that that rate is 58 to 60%, Um, The overall numbers that are available are only really between 8 to 12,000 anyway. USCIS just has a legal obligation to fully utilize all of the available numbers in the fiscal year. Uh, Why doesn't USCIS permanently block H-1B applications for single person? Yeah, this is where the one time that the individual has actually freedom, um, I don't disagree with this because I think what it's creating is an overall inflated demand, and it goes back to that low barrier to entry, right? So if we if you're not going to block multiple applications for individuals, then you need to increase the registration fee that's non-refundable. And again, I've suggested you know a hundred dollars per registration non-refundable probably isn't enough. Uh, to warrant uh, or to curb some of of these duplicates, right? That kind of fraud that that many like to throw out. Um, so I, I think five hundred to a thousand dollars would need to be where that non-refundable um, fee would be and that that non-refundable fee. you know think about how significantly that would reduce the overall uh, number of of registrations. Hey, Karan, Thanks for doing this. I've been waiting for the second round of figuring out other ways to be in status. Yeah, um, depending on your status, there's only a few different ways, right? Uh, more school, CPT, um, leave the country altogether, or potentially look at uh, you know one of my partners, Path to Canada, Syndesis Mob Squad. Um, they have excellent programs for job relocation. If you have a U.S. employer that wants to keep you, um, or if you maybe want to pursue an opportunity outside of your current employer in Canada, both have excellent processes excellent clients um and really are, are experts at what they do but if your time is running up and you want to stay here in the country the best thing to do then is you're gonna have to spend more money um and look at at changing status that cpt or, or potentially looking at uh an, an alternate status now there are some new ways and creative ways that are coming up and and i'm going to talk about this more in the future um about going from exempt to, to non-exempt um and and really kind of how you split up your hours and, and having dual h's um but i'm going to cover more on that in the future i'm going to have an expert on to talk about that really excited uh, don't have the dates confirmed but um, i definitely will be keeping you all posted on that as a a, a potential option um Chimbe asks, if my OPT ends before the second lottery, when could I actually continue to work in my job if I get selected in the second lottery? So what you're talking about is potentially a cap gap. Um, I'd be curious if you could just drop this in the chat for me, Uh, when is your expiration date? Hey VS, you filed your I-45 in April 2022 EB2 priority date. Of February 2014, you've done your biometrics on June 8th. Is there any chance I-485 uh, adjudicated before September 30th? Well, what's interesting is I've been hearing of cases that have been submitted months. i 45s have been submitted months and even years after, um, you know, others that are already receiving approvals. So, again, if we're talking about uh, where you stand, I think you have, I think it's possible. I do. Um, but I don't want to get your hopes up either. Um, just know that, you know, hopefully you're locked in at this point. And at least if at the very worst case scenario for you is a, an EAD with AP, but let's continue to monitor this. I'd love for you to keep me posted. Um, and if you hear something, you know, between now and the end of uh, the fiscal year, I'd, I'd love for you to let me know if you don't mind. Thanks for your question. Appreciate you jumping in here this afternoon. Uh, Puan says, thanks, Bob. Absolutely. My privilege. Sabello asks, quick question for H-1B cap exempt visas for nonprofits. Are they experiencing long processing times? Um, My understanding is that it's around 60 days, if not a little bit more than that, depending on the service center that your application was submitted to. Um, Can you let me know where your application was submitted? Hey, Karnica, how are you? In case of multiple applications of persons filed with one employer, do the rest of the entries in the pool for that passport become null and void? Yes. Meaning, um, you have to work for the employer that was sponsored or that applied and approved. So if you're outside of the country and you have approval, you only will be permitted to enter into the country under that current employer you have to work in the u.s under that h-1b before you could consider transferring or changing employers sankar says sorry join late looks uh missed many important info is their second round of h-1b lottery now selection date please reply no no announcements yet but i do think the next 10 days are going to be um pretty critical here Um, I still feel like we're going to hear something. But again, if we go back and look at historically speaking, maybe just benchmarking 2020, you know, it was August 14th, right? So uh, again, we look at August 12th would be a Friday after the 5th, um, and then we get into the 19th. So again, I'm not going to extend out my my guess. Uh, I still believe that a second lottery is going to happen. Um, but you know, we're halfway through my, my three week range that I had given in that second H1B lottery for fiscal year 2023 post. Um, so I still think it's possible. Absolutely. Based on everything that I'm hearing in terms of the overall application rates, but you know, 3% odds, right? Very low selection probability. Um, yep. Yeah, Raj Kumar, I think I just answered that question a few times. So, uh, if you have any other questions around that, let, let me know. Uh, Gangadhara asks Any chance EB2 any June 11th Filing date this year Now or I'm assuming You're asking me about 2023 and My answer to you is Yes I think October or November you're going to see some pretty Crazy advancement um, I, 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 Again These are guesses they're completely made up You take them for what you want They're most likely completely wrong Um, But I think final action will be June 1st of 2015 in October. Um, And I think that you'll see July 1st of 2015 uh, for dates of filing. So that would put you right in your range that you're asking about. Heard that tentatively August 5th, the second round will happen. Thank you. Again, that's what I've been saying, Sankar. I appreciate you letting me know. I can't wait to hear from those of you um, who do get selected. When you do, you've got to let me know. Hopefully I'm right on the date. But if I'm not, um, you know, ultimately, I, I just want to try to bring the best information I can to you from my industry experts and sources that I have. I'll continue to make as much of this public as possible and um, we'll continue to, to help keep you all informed so that you know uh, where you stand and you can do what's best in, in your career. Hey, Puanha, again, filing fees, hundred US dollars. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But that's a minimum. I I don't know if that lowers the barrier to entry enough because the value, right? You could build in the value, the cost on the the expense of the employee for this hundred dollars. Now, when we're getting to 500 or a thousand, now we're talking about an employer who's really serious. Excuse me, Uh, Chimbe. You said August thirteenth, so you really need that August fifth date to be true. Um, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed for you, my friend. Um, We'll do my best to uh, to to help you. Um, If you have questions, just just keep me posted. But if you're (coughs) if you were selected on August fifth, you would be under cap gap uh do i provide any service or refer sponsored contacts for h1b visa filing from any and also for canadian work permit if so are there ways to reach you uh yes i do both of those um but in terms of here looking in the us um, would need to understand your situation for canada um, you can go into the video description here, and it will take you to uh, Path to Canada as well as Mob Squad. Both offer uh, services for recruitment and identifying opportunities for you in Canada. That then they help kind of a soup to nuts relocate and and get you your Canadian work permit. Rajkumar Kumar says officially notice H one B visa second lottery on August fifth. No. These are just my off the wall predictions, but I have been really consistent in this July 22nd through August 5th time frame. Um, if you go back and watch any of the live streams that I've done, uh, you know, all the way back to to April, um, you'll hear that I've, I've talked about this three week time frame for quite a while. So it's not new. It's not something I made up just for the, the video that I posted two weeks ago. Arvin asked if someone would apply for GC and then get an RFE on the I-140 non-premium processing, is the I-765 frozen or still pending processing? Um, I do not know exactly, Arvin. My guess would be it would probably be pending. Uh, but if anyone else has any experience with this, would love for you if you could drop it in the chat for Arvin. Uh, but my guess is it most likely would be pending. Uh, Sabella asks, I'm still going to apply working on negotiation with a potential employer, but my nonprofit is is based in Baltimore. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're willing, you most likely could upgrade to premium processing. Uh, you know, again, maybe a couple thousand dollars is, is worth the peace of mind to you. Um, just my two cents. uh sorry rajan asked i believe you already answered this question i'm late to live possible date for h1b second lottery with my f1 expires before that but i'm still inside the u.s then you have 60 days um if you're not a classic cap gap and you fall into that uh of course if you're selected and um you know applied you you may looking at the time frame hmm, your sixty days, depending on when it expires, could be very close to that October one date. So you have a pretty interesting timeline. Um, but yeah, you have sixty days after your F one expires. Happy to answer that for you. Uh, application rate sixty. Application rate last year was sixty six percent. Wonder how I'm extrapolating application rate for this year around sixty percent. Uh, Well, USCIS is on record in their selection. From the 483,000 registrations they received, they selected 127,000 names. So they basically are telling us they expect a 66% application rate. What I'm telling you is based on my insider knowledge and my points of contact that right now it appears that uh application rates from many of my clients as well as other individuals that i know are hovering around that 60 percent rate i expect anywhere between a 58 to 60 percent rate if i'm being honest um but i've been wrong before i'll be wrong again and i could be wrong on this Chimby says thank you absolutely my pleasure Uh, Karan, my 80s are expired on July 11th and I get picked in second lottery. Can I go back to work? Um, you definitely need to talk to your immigration attorney on this. I don't believe you would apply for cap gap, but you possibly could. Um, the issue is with you, right? You're 60 days from the 11th. So August 11th, September 11th, um, that doesn't put you at that October one date, so I'm sure you're already making plans to potentially change the CPT or or leave the country at this point. Anyway, um, would be my guess. Uh, thanks, Pawan. Really appreciate that. That's what I intend to do. That's why I created the H one B guy platform. Um, you know, ultimately, that's uh, one of the reasons why I love having these live streams is I get to interact with all of you directly, um, and I really, really enjoy that. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, How many H-1B visas have have been approved so far? An estimate. Um, I've not seen a number, but if you're asking for a guess, I'm going to guess probably somewhere around uh, 65 to 70,000 out of the 85,000 overall. Uh, I'm combining both categories, but that'd be my guess, Victor. Uh, Probably somewhere around, um, you know, 80% 80% at this point. Uh, last question, is a third lottery definitely not likely? No, I'd say that's absolutely not possible. Uh, USCIS, from everything I've heard, was was pretty embarrassed by the fact that they had to hold that third lottery um, in November. Talking heads like myself, even discussing the possibility of a fourth lottery were embarrassing to them. Um, so I think this is a situation where they saw the 483,000 um, overall registrations and made it a point to, uh, because of the very low historical rates of application, made it a point to to select um, that 127,000 historically high number. Right. Um, so again, you know, appreciate everyone who has joined in on this live stream. Uh, before I wrap up, I just want to mention one last time. Uh, you know, if you're looking for ways to support the H1B Guy platform, uh, you can do so through the super chat function here currently on YouTube. Um, if you're watching or listening to this at a later date, uh, you can do so through the super thanks. If you're listening or watching this on the H1B Guy podcast, please leave us a rating. Um, We'd love to hear from you. Appreciate all of you who listen. Um, through the, uh, the through my anchor or through your preferred podcast platform, um, cannot thank you enough for taking time to to listen to me um, and uh, my useless or maybe semi useful ramblings around employment based immigration. Uh, I wanted to thank everyone who asked a question or dropped a comment, whether you agree or disagree with me uh, in my predictions and opinions. I just thank you for jumping in here on this live stream and, and taking some time here um, out of your Wednesday afternoon to, uh, to, to join me. Um, I'm very grateful uh, that this live stream is brought to you by uh, our partners, syndesis uh, and path to Canada, the ideal plan B for high skilled immigrants currently located in the US whose status may be uncertain. If you're facing an H-1B denial or OPT expiration, don't get caught off guard. Make sure you have a plan B, and syndesis and Path to Canada are your answers. They'll gladly help you navigate the process, and if you want to find out if you qualify, and I've mentioned this multiple times during the live stream, go to the link in the video description below. Register, and someone from Syndesis or Path to Canada will be in touch. And also by my good friend Carl Ballsmeyer and his team at perm-ads.com. The industry leader in providing a seamless experience for employers and immigration attorneys navigating the complex perm recruitment ad phase of the labor certification process. If you're looking to reduce your costs and overhead associated with perm labor certification recruitment advertising, let my friends at perm ads.com help you. And also by Mob Squad. Are you a technology professional facing U.S. work visa related challenges? I know many of you are because we've already talked about it here during this live stream do not leave your fate up to chance our partner mob squad has a solution mob squad helps technology professionals facing u.s work visa uncertainty remain working with their current u.s company near shore from Canada as well as technology professionals from around the world who are seeking an opportunity to find a rewarding career in North America through their partnership with the Canadian government they can obtain a Canadian work permit for you and your spouse in as little as 6 to 8 weeks so whether you're looking to stay working with your current US company or you want to find a new opportunity in Canada please find out how the team at Mob Squad can help you via the link in the video description below join the squad one last time, just going to ask you if you haven't, please like this video, uh, subscribe to the H1B Guy channel here on YouTube, click the bell for notifications so that you're notified anytime we go live, like we did here today, or we post new content here on this channel. Um, hopefully, have a couple of new posts out for you, uh, maybe one by Friday, and also be on the lookout for the H1B Guy forecasts. Uh, September 2022 visa bulletin employment based predictions to every one of you who's made it this far, who dropped me a question or a comment. Thank you. I cannot do this without you. I'm humbled and grateful for your continued support and coming and checking out my live streams and just overall um, consuming my content. Really, really, really just appreciate you. I cannot thank you enough. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Follow me on Facebook. Come join my Telegram channel. Um, Would love to have you be a part of this community. Go to the h1bguy.com if you're not already registered. And just continue to uh, thank you so much for for your ongoing and and continued support here. I'm Robert. I'm the H1B guy. Your global source for all things H1B.